Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday on The Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome back. It's another edition of Hoops Adjacent on The Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here. We got two in the law today. My man, Waz. Waz is in the valley, as always. Yes, and Jordan. Jordan. I, don't, I don't leave Encino, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might go to Tarzana every now and again, but... <laughs> Temecula, do you go to Temecula? I understand stuff. Well, jumps off. Temecula is way down south, DA. I went there one time. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I've been to been to Napa, never been to Paso Robles. Went to Temecula. Very disappointing. I'm not not gonna lie to you, man. The place was a disappointment. I know. I hear stuff jumps off there, man. You know, so man. (laughs) And joining us also from from the from the confines near Rose Bowl (laughs) Central. Our mm-hmm. man Brad Turner from the LA Times. BT. What up, man? The D to the A to the D to the A. What's good, brother? Man, hanging in there, man. Hanging in, hanging in, hanging in, man. So yeah. Man, wanted to have you on. Um, shout out to everybody. Um, we all hurting. Our man Sekou passed uh on Tuesday. One of the good one of the great dudes uh who ever uh, you know covered this league. Friend to everyone was was just a great great person to everybody, man. And you could tell all the social media tributes, all the same. Everybody said the same thing. Just a just a stand up dude, and man, we're gonna miss him so much. BT and, and Waz, I mean, he was just one of those guys. You know, I, I worked with him for ten years at Turner, and just hmm. man, just just good people, just good people. Man, that that was my guy, DA. You know, I first met him when he was in. Indiana. Yeah, covering, covering the, the Pacers. Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at that time I worked in Riverside covering the Lakers and you beat him and instantly you become boys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right off the bat. And then once he left to go to NBA TV and NBA.com, I would love to go to Indiana and take a picture of his big old head <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, he's immortalized yeah. in the press room. Yes, he is. I'm going to sit there tell my girl, yo, man, why am I looking at your face right now? This <laughs> in my computer. Come on, say cool. You get that lag. Oh, I'm supposed to put you, son. Give me a little son. <laughs> yeah, no, he's wow. immortalized. Yeah. They they have I don't know what five or six guys on the wall at the press in the press yeah, room. Yeah, they uh, do. But it just goes I, to show you, man. Like that everybody loved him, man. You know, like he could talk to everybody, man. You know, yeah, he could. He could. You know, they loved him in Indiana. They loved him in Atlanta when he covered the Hawks. They loved him on the, you know, people at, at Turner loved him, you know, just, just good people, just good people. And so I am so, so devastated for his wife and his, and his kids, man. We send yep. our love to him and anything that we can do, we will do because, you know, he had, he had reach, man. Everybody around the league knew him and loved him because, you know, as I said, I said this on, on TV last night at NBA TV, you know, Seku could have been one of these cats that, 
makes it all about himself because he people told him stuff. You know what I mean? Like he mm. would always know what was mm. going on. You know what I mean? Like, um, yes, yes. You know what I mean? So he could have said, "Let me go be big, be a big star, and you know, be the information guy and all that sort of thing." And it just wasn't his wasn't his vibe because he would rather have the relationship and the friendship with people, I think, than the scoop. You know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's he was one of those kind of cats, you know. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just hard, man. It's it's so hard. And um, I want to shout out to my to our man Art Trish, who who was Seku, right. and Seku were tight, man. And Art was the PA guy for PR guy, I should say, for the Hawks for for many years. Um, and again, another good brother. And um, I know Art's really hurting right now. And uh, we send our love to him, man. Just, uh, just hope y'all can get through this. It's very tough. It's very difficult. Um, we're in very difficult times. Um, and the, the odd thing, BT, is, you know, I wanted to have you on. And I hate the word anniversary because it's not appropriate. Um, but it has mm. been a year since Kobe passed. And, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on to, to talk about what this year has been like for you and for the Lakers and you covered, you know, you've covered both the Lakers and the Clippers forever. You know, everything that's going on out there. And just, I know the Lakers are trying, well, it seems like I should ask you, I shouldn't say, it seems like they want to, you know, be kind of low key about it. They're not going to do very much. I don't think to call attention to the fact that it's been a year, but I just wonder what it's been like for you because man, you knew Cole very well, covered him for Mm -hmm. years. And um, you know, I'm sure it's been as rough on you as it has been on anybody. Man, DA, it was so tough. And it became even more difficult when I start calling people to talk to them about that. And one that always stands out is Jerry West. Whenever I talked to Jerry, even last year, and then a couple weeks ago, about what he remembered about Kobe, you go from being a reporter to being Jerry West's friend, to being someone that's consoling Jerry, to Jerry consoling you, to both you guys snipping, basically two grown men crying, sharing stories, and two guys trying to uplift each other. So you, a psychologist, because you know how Jerry is, man. Jerry, <laughs> I know, he can, I know he can Jerry get to is. a dark place really fast. <laughs> you know, Jerry. and he gets out of it. So we're on the phone for an hour. Yeah. And you, you might ask Jerry three questions, and you know who's going to the moon because he would know <laughs> the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, he just knows what's going on around the league, yeah, around yeah. the sporting landscape. So that was the first conversation I had with him that really, you know, was a tough one because at the end of the hour conversation, and he goes, Fred, let me tell you something. And that West Virginia voice of his, <laughs> he goes, now you got me down. Yeah, and we, yeah. And we said that. I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Jerry, I got myself down too, Jerry." Right. <laughs> After wow. that, you know, we laughed about it, but that was the one that started everything for me when I started writing these stories. And yeah, that I was the difference. Waz, I don't know if you've ever talked to Jerry, but and I don't. This is this is he's written a book about it, so it ain't no secret. Jerry right. is the most tortured individual I've ever known in my life. <laughs> you right, know? right, right, right. That's tortured. his reputation. You that's know, his, that's, his, that's definitely his reputation. You know, everybody loves him, but he's he's a tortured man. You know, like hey. he's dealing with some demons, boy. <laughs> I think what's crazy is he's had the ultimate success. Yes, right, yeah. right. <laughs> 
but it's not enough. He is the logo. It ain't MJ. Right. It ain't Kobe. It is it's not Magic Johnson. The logo is yeah. Jerry West. Right. And he still can't just. And he'll uh, deny it. He'll say it wasn't. It's not me. <laughs> like everybody knows it's you, Jerry. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you say it's tortured. Think about this. When the Lakers won their first championship under Phil Jackson in 20, 2000. Yeah, I, I know what you're going to say. I know this story, game but go six ahead. Is at, game six is at Staples. He couldn't come to the game. That's right. The dude exactly drove right. around L.A., would listen to the game on the radio, and then turn to something else. Yeah. He just couldn't, on, bear to, he it, couldn't bear to watch it. It no. was. Could not bear to watch it in person. Couldn't bear to listen to it. And then when they win, he's still thinking, oh, shit, we got to do it again. It's unbelievable. I wrote a story about it because it was, you know, it was one of those where there was two days between game game was it game four and game five well i guess it was game five and game six right they won in six games right, right? And they beat exactly. indy so there's two days off so of course everybody calls jerry west i mean like right. you know because that's the story the lakers haven't won and he's been you know he's been trying to win forever and they're on the verge of winning again and literally just like brad said i literally brad i was hanging up the phone i said okay jerry well i'll see you sunday and he said no you won't and i said what do you mean <laughs> i said i'm not gonna be there <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was goodness. unbelievable. Like oh it was crazy, man. Yeah. Like he just is tortured. Like he's just lost he lost to the Celtics so much and he blamed himself. And I'm like, Jerry, you literally averaged 40 points a game. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like there's nothing more you could have done, you know? Like no, but, but but BT, I'm I'm curious to know why Jerry um was so close to Kobe specifically. I know like you know we all know the story about <laughs> the secret workouts and the not doing this with other teams and Jerry knowing Kobe was his guy from the start. But why was he so close with with Kobe specifically? Do you think? I think part of it, besides what you just mentioned, was when Kobe and Shaquille were having their Issues, should I say, mm-hmm. DA? Nah, they, were going, they were going at that's each other, man. That's that's right. Right. They were bickering. They were like, "What? Whose team is this? My team?" No, they, right, you right. know, you know, when Shaq was calling him, him, yeah. and he was like, uh, "Shaq, who is him? You know who him is? I pronounce his name." Uh, Kobe would say something in the locker room if somebody had got a rebound. I'm like, oh yeah. boy, here we go. Right, 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 right. But because of that fiction they had. And because Phil Jackson, as DA knows, love friction in the locker room. Yes, he, he did. thought that was <laughs> he, that was a kind of cool thing. Well, Kobe would turn to Jerry West, and he would go to Jerry's house, and he would sit down. He would talk with him. He would try to get counsel by him, and Shaquille did too. But it was more of Kobe looking for a mentor to help him through the situation he had going on with Shaquille, and also help him understand what it's like to be a superstar in the league. And because they developed that, that close bond and that friendship, and at that time, Kobe was still living, I want to say, in Palisades. He had not moved to Newport Beach, Newport Coast by that time. Right. So they were close to each other. And because Jerry was such a tortured soul and could never get over his greatness, understand his greatness, Think about Kobe. It was never enough to be great. There was always something more out there. 
And who else to talk about trying to be greater than greater than Jerry West and trying to learn how to accept that than Jerry West. And so they took him a bond. I mean, the story I wrote about him that when Jerry says that they had just got a Christmas card from Vanessa, from Kobe's wife, and that when he got it, the first thing he said was, oh, my God. And mm. his wife got the Christmas card, and she ran out the room, and she was crying. So, again, that just shows you how strong the bond is because he's still getting these Christmas cards from Kobe's family. Let's bring D.A. into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and it's like the most in his braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. With David, David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he yeah. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship monies and we can't pay for the charters for the water polo <laughs> in Iowa. Welcome to Hoops Five, Four. We have ignition. No, that would they were tight. And you know, Jerry, well. You know, Jerry mortgaged everything to get Shaq, right? You know, um, yes. And, but, but I, I agree with you, BT. I think he was closer personally to Kobe. Um, you know, so it was a business relationship with Shaq, but I think it was more of a personal relationship with Kobe. Um, and I'm also curious about. And, and then, you yeah. know, Shaq was more of a, a Phil guy, too. And then there was, sure. the, of course, the Jerry and Phil situation. Yeah, well, <laughs> so yeah. sad. You know, like it became sort of factional in that sense. Yeah, and I and that that that's a good segue was to because I, BT, you are one of the few guys that was able to navigate that chasm. Was <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you had to was you had to. Oh Waz, you had goodness. to pick one. It was like the Jets yeah, and the Sharks. You couldn't be. Of course. Of like, course. so Jim Gray, Jim Gray you, was you a Kobe guy. To keep, yes, Jim, he was. Jim Gray was a Kobe guy. Rick Buecher was a Kobe guy. They did. Yes. I was a Shaq guy because just because mm. Shaq was funny. Because Shaq yeah. was funny. That's why I like Shaq because he was funny. <laughs> he was entertaining. So you would go to him. I'll never forget when, um, when, remember when Alonzo got the big deal and Shaq wanted a bigger deal? Oh, and he said, yeah. you can have a Benz or you can have a Beamer. One costs more. <laughs> exactly. Think about that. <laughs> so you would go to L.A. and Shaq would say some funny shit like that. And you'd be like, oh, Shaq's my guy. I love that guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> how, how could you not love the guy? You know man? what I mean? I mean look- but, but you talk. But 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 Kobe still talked to you, though. He talked to you and. You got Shaq. So you got you had good relationships still with both of them. And DA is called tiptoeing around with two lips. <laughs> and I was tiptoeing around the two lips. One lip was Kobe, one lip was Shaquille. I mean, it was interesting because I always I love the fact that Kobe worked so hard at his craft, which in turn made me want to be better at what I did making sure when I asked my questions that I was on point as much as I could be. Yeah. But I also love the idea that Shaquille was warm, friendly, kind, understanding. His 
situation with me and Shaq was always like, Shaquille, you said you're the most, most dominant ever. Why don't you, you don't want to be the best player ever? He goes, what do you mean? And that Shaq voice, I am the best ever. No, you're not. You've already <laughs> said it. And so he get mad about that, but he didn't stay married too long. And he goes, maybe you're right. No, hell no, you wrong. <laughs> you know, and Kevin was going like, see, that's your boy, BT. Right. I'm, I'm working out. <laughs> yes, you are working out, Cole. Big fella. Summertime, big fella ain't going to be in the lab. No, he's not. <laughs> yes, it ain't. He's going to be all rapping, making a movie. Yeah. You know, but yeah. just kind of like, you know, understanding both guys, trying to navigate it. Because the guys in the locker room, they were grown men. You know, Robert Orr, like, man, that's their problem. Yeah, like, right, right, was, right. And, like, and D.A. Robert saying stuff like, shoot, I want more shots, too. I ain't getting no damn shots because I didn't fall on the damn top. <laughs> right. Why, how about <laughs> right. me? Right, right, right. I was like, mm-hmm. Rob, man, you ain't going to play 82 games. Like, what do you mean by that? I said, <laughs> right. you owe the people money. You ain't going to start playing until April. Right, right, right. So you owe us, you owe us like some restitution or something, brother. You, <laughs> you, you, you owe the fans money, man. But, but to have you know Rob there to talk to about it, to have Brian Shaw, to have Harp, yeah. to have Derek Fisher, to listen to them, to try to understand how they felt about it, always made it a balancing act, and it made it fun because there were great stories. It was before social media. Right. So right. they talked. They talked to the media, and it did not come out until the very next day. Right. It was beautiful. It yeah, was beautiful. Yeah, it was. So I got. So what do you think? I mean, I got to ask you. What do you think now? Shaq's getting killed because he goes on. He's on Turner every week, killing guys, and guys are like clapping back <laughs> at him. What do you? What do you think? I mean, I see again. I'm going to defend Shaq because I know what Shaq Shaq believes Shaq. in a certain style of basketball. Yeah. <laughs> But I understand, I can understand the young guys saying, well, what, I mean, can't we have our moment? I understand that. I understand both sides. What do you think? You know, well, that's a real tough one because Robert Orr and I talk a lot. He lives out here in Glendale and he's on. He's on the broadcast. Yeah. 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 So he and I talk a lot. He'll say stuff like him and James would watch games, but him and James Worthy and they were like, man, it wasn't like they were we played. And then, so he'll ask me because I'm a little bit old. I say, you know what? I've learned to take a step back from that and try to understand what the younger guys are talking about. But then again, I'm around them much more than they are. They're in the studios. It's just like me understanding now the younger journalists, the younger brothers involved in this, they know more about doing this Skype stuff and social media and TikTok. I ain't going to TikTok a top tick for nobody. Because that's just not for me to do. And I understand that. So I try to keep an open mind about what Shaquille is saying and also why the guys want to clap back. Now, Shaq, to his part, he might say, this is entertaining. Well, he we know how Shaquille is. Yeah. He's serious about these comments he's been making. About, you know, I mean, Mitchell is damn good. And that's a bold comment to make. But what are you going to do? He ain't going to do nothing to it because right. he thinks he is that, that dude. Has the game changed? Yes, it's changed. It's always changed. It always has. It, it probably will again in some form or fashion. I don't mind him doing that because now it puts those players on notice that you're not doing enough. You can do more. And the ultimate 
goal is to win an NBA championship. So until James Harden gets one, Shaquille will be at his head. Until they get a championship in Utah, Shaq is going to be on Young Feather's head. Is it too hard, too rough for our generation, GA, Big Wise? Nah. It ain't like that. Look, we grew up, we got whoopings. Whoopings. <laughs> 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 That's a fact. Not a whoopings. Whoopings. Yes. Plural. It's a timeout. Right. <laughs> and the you timeout know, used to be 20 minutes. Now it's five minutes. And here's right, right, right. And, and you know why I'm, I'm with Shaq on this one? And, and I'm speaking to somebody who... Personally, I love Donovan Mitchell. I love the type of character that he displays as a star in our league. Um, I love his game. Uh, but the bottom line is, especially for somebody like Shaq, who did play with a Kobe, a young Kobe, who did right. play with a young D-Wade. I get it. These are lions of the game. Um, somebody like me, who is a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't think he's gotten to that level yet. I don't think he's gotten to D-Wade in 06 yet. Not even to speak of D-Wade at 09, right? Yeah, I don't right. think he's reached that level. And I think he has the potential to be somebody who is that great, right? So I don't have a problem with Shaq, specifically, who has been that great, right? Yes, like, has. who has mm -hmm. been the reason why a team three-peated, yeah. right? Like, a main catalyst of a three-peat team. I don't mind Shaq saying that because, specifically, Donovan Mitchell. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell is great, and I don't think it's wrong for us to expect greatness of him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think that's what Shaq is saying. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. And I also didn't have a problem with him getting at Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. the, the bottom line is Shaq had to average 30 to get that contract he got from the Lakers. Then to get extended by the Heat for another 100 mil, right? Yeah. Like, he had to win three championships to right. do that. He had to prove himself at the highest level. David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, right. Patrick Ewing. You, like, this is what Shaq had to do. Right. So, so I understand his perspective as somebody who was a great player and sees somebody else like, yo, you have the potential to be great. You have the potential to be what I was in 2002 playoffs or 2001 playoffs. You have that potential maybe to go 15-1 and one in a damn playoff, win the finals MVP, brother. Let yeah. me see that out of you. Dude. I don't see anything wrong with this, guys. Dude. And I think, he, you know, yeah. and I think it's just about expectation. He just, Kemba Matumbo was the defensive player of the Ooh. year. Yeah, I was, I was, I was the same thing. He yeah. destroyed him. Oh, he destroyed uh, him was, in the finals. You had, to, you had to call, come on now. You had to call Child Protective Services for the Kemba. Yeah, man. Kemba said something about him. like, play me. Play me like Sega Genesis. Right. You know? And so the kid means like the top sent something bad about Shaquille that pissed him off. They should right. you know Shaq was 40, and 20, oh my God. 15 dunks. And the Kimmy goes, he is a monster. He's like a refrigerator. <laughs> I remember him saying he's like a refrigerator with, with speed. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, so look, I again, I worked at Turner. I'm going to defend people on Turner. Big, big surprise there, right? So, um, you know what I mean? Like, so I get it. It's like, you don't want to hear from your uncle Boy, what you doing? What you what? Why are you doing that, boy? You shouldn't be doing that. You know, you don't want to hear from your grandfather saying that to you. And that's I'm sure that's how they're taking it. And I can understand them saying, oh, oh man, you couldn't play today. The hell he couldn't play today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'd pick for to be 40 and 20 every night. Oh, nice. It would be unfair. Lies. 
You know what I mean? Shaq, Shaq in a four-out offense where he's just the role guy. Yeah. Or guys me? have to defend him one-on-one in the paint. It's not happening for you. No. You're done. <laughs> Dead. Now, yeah, you can, you can say, shoot oh, all the threes you want. to jump out to the three-point line. By the way, by the way, if because people make that argument, like, could Shaq play on, in space? Again, Rudy Gobert just got $200 million for defense. <laughs> right. And he's not somebody who plays in space. So mm-hmm. now imagine Shaq averaging 30, right. still being a force um, down, down there defensively. Right. Like, what, what are we even talking about here? Like, right. don't even don't, like, this is, bring Shaq up in right. this, this is, Think about this, Big. How about this, though? So now you shoot threes, he doesn't step out a whole lot. After a while, when you get brutalized and get an elbow and the chops and a butt in your rib cage, those three will come up short. Because mm-hmm. your ass is tired from what? getting dragged That's down low. Well, how guys used to just foul out? Like, you're right. just fouling out. But just, you don't even get to stay on the court. Right, but just on, keep man. this in mind as well, guys. Shaq bulked up because he had to, right? Like, right. he had to get right. big to play against Slim big men. <laughs> now, imagine skinny Shaq with, when oh, he was with he Orlando. <laughs> when he had size, when he had the size and the speed, he would uh-huh. play like that all the time now. <laughs> like, yeah, he wouldn't have had to gain 80 pounds for, to deal with the pounding. There would be no pounding. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> It would be, oh my God. Wait, you don't Are you think kidding? Andres Harrell would be in the pain. You kidding me? Oh, but, Jesus. And I'm, I'm a trans fan, but trans would be, instead of my trans Harrell, it'd be my trans. Because <laughs> it'd just be too much to deal with. No, come on now. No, y'all y'all need to look at some tape. Seriously. And, and I, I get it. And people are always talking about, oh, we need our guys to be cheerleaders for the league. I mean, dude, I think. Inside, and I'm not going to talk about nobody else's product, right? But inside, as a studio show, does it better than everybody? Yes. And it's not close. So mm-hmm. this idea that we're going to criticize the inside product as compared to the others is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Well, people tune in to watch them talk about our league. Yeah. Because well, I'll just say this. It. I'll just say this. One show. Got all the damn Emmys. Okay. <laughs> so you tell me. <laughs> you tell so just me. Just on a quality standpoint, if people want to get all dorky about it, about, oh, they don't know about win percent, win shares and, and the VORP and, you know, shot charts and data. And like, all right, cool. You can you can levy that criticism, but you can't tell me they don't make a, a quality, entertaining NBA product. I am so, look. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Look, seriously, critique. no, no BS. I, if somebody wants to do a show that's all about advanced analytics, and we're gonna we're gonna do games based on the analytics. Hey, look, the marketplace will decide. I'm fine with that. Yeah, right. If somebody wants to exactly. put that on TV. I'm fine with that. And, and I'd see, watch it. By the way, right? I would watch but it too. You can't tell me what Chuck it, what Chuck and Shaq and Ernie and Kenny are doing. Right. isn't great. Now, I, now I will say this. It's disrespectful not to know somebody's name. Okay, yes. <laughs> and it's disrespectful not to know where somebody's from. <laughs> you need to do right. a minimum amount of preparation. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Minimum. <laughs> but other than that, I, no. I, and again, you can dismiss it because I work there. And that's fine. People will. Some people will. But I, I look, the proof's in the pudding. That show's been on 20 years. What is there another show that's been on 20 years covering the league? You know what I mean? Like, so not that I know of. You know what I mean? Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. 
It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. So, BT, let's, 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 make it, let's get it contemporary. You, you, are, you are Laker Central now. Yes. How are they? Uh, they seem to be rolling pretty well. Um, what would you say there, you know, what, what's going well and, and what do you go, hmm, that needs, they need to tighten that up a little bit. Well, what's going well is LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, <laughs> LeBron James. Okay, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, bruh, that brother right now is balling. And I saw something Jared Dudley put on Twitter that LeBron James has to be considered the leading candidate for the MVP award. And I thought about that for a second, and I thought to myself, I have to agree. It might be because I see him play all the time, and what I see is sustained, DA, mm-hmm. sustained, yeah. sustained, sustained excellence mm-hmm. year yes. after year. So yeah. you have to put him up there. So you know, so we'll start with that, and obviously having, I don't want to call AD as Batman. I'll call AD the Brahms 1A. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to put them in the same category as Shaquille and Kobe because mm-hmm. that was a different sort of dynamic. But the two of them make this work incredibly well, and they are they're just a lot to deal with. If there was one thing I would say, you have to kind of be like oh about with them is sometimes it appears they get bored during yeah. the course of a game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Think about that. It happened in Cleveland. It happened in Cleveland. LeBron says, AD, how about this, DA? He claims someone from the Cavaliers front office said something to him. Got him a little pissed off. They say that's Kobe Altman, BT. That's that's a Michael Michael shit right there. That's a Michael shit right there. That's what I said. They scored like, what, 17, 19 in the first quarter? Right. I took that personally. Right. And they're going like, oh, you're... He ain't doing nothing. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to drop 20 some more, 21 in the fourth, and we're going to beat y'all. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, yeah, they, they have a tendency, I think, to get a little bored out there when they're playing. They did it against Golden State before they left Staples. They were up 19 in the first quarter. They were having a good time, and they ended up losing the game because they, they couldn't get it back. <laughs> if they were even trying really hard to get it back, they were kind of thinking like, oh, we'll get this. We got it. We'll get it out in the last two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> then they go up 12 in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, you know, Steph hit a three, and Wiggins hit, I think, at least two threes from the corner. Oh, right. he had missed the next one. <laughs> oh, it's a close game. LeBron had bailed those off. They sing it, no, last shot. Oops, miss, lost. <laughs> BT, I want to ask you because from afar, it feels like, you know, as somebody like me who's been paying attention to LeBron basically since he got into the league, there have been times in the past where you could tell he was less than impressed by his teammates. (laughs) Um, Specifically, uh, 
the last Cleveland run, like the last the the year without Kyrie or whatever, um, and um the first Cleveland run, and probably the last team that he had in Miami, and then of course the baby Lake. Like you could just tell sometimes when LeBron's like, "What do you guys want me to do with this?" Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Whereas this year, I feel like LeBron has the ultimate confidence in the guys who are around him. Like it just feels like. He believes in these dudes. Is that the sense that you get? You know, it is. And I think it started last season. And it just got even stronger, obviously, after Kobe passed away because now they had to lean on each other. Right. And had to depend on each other. But what I was sense this year for sure is that they have a bona fide number three score in Dennis Schroeder. Right. They have a damn good defender and three-point shooter in Wesley Matthews. Marcus Saul is not the player he was 10 years ago, but his basketball IQ is so high. Mm-hmm. His passing is so Him amazing. and LeBron already have so much chemistry on the, like, back cuts and the... Yes. Like, they, they already got a mind meld going on. They really do. So you add all those things together, and now KCP is starting can't to... miss. You can't <laughs> miss, man. Mm-hmm. And Caruso, as they in L.A., they call him the Caruso. <laughs> they call Contavious Call, we're poor Contavious Call, you know what I mean? They just, and they're making it work. But one guy who's helped with this, I think, is Jared Dudley mm-hmm. because he's not afraid to tell AD and LeBron what they're doing wrong, even in film sessions. And because they respect him so much in his basketball IQ, they're going, like, you know, like, I don't know about that. He goes, no, no, look at the film. Yeah. Ron, you missed that assignment, right? So, Either up line or the field line. Are we both line? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. You're right. And the other players are going like, yeah, Brian. And so then he'll recognize that. Okay, fine. And then the little things that Jared does, if they're on the road like last year and they want to have dinner somewhere, and he'll go like, I got this. I'll set it up. You just come to dinner. And you hear LeBron in the locker room going, yo, man, can I get a steak? Andy, what you going to get? Yo, yo, <laughs> man, I, what, what you going to get tonight? Like the little kid. And man, don't forget the wine. Right. Don't forget, you know, gotta have this wine. Mm. So little things like that, having that veteran that he's always had around him. Now, these two years, he's been Jared Dudley. That's health. Having Jason Kidd there as an assistant coach, who he played, what, on the Olympics with, D.A.? Yeah. yeah. His respect there. I have to give Frank Bogle a lot of credit for really being, I want to say, a player's coach and someone that's willing to listen. Yeah. Yes, LeBron has run every team he's been on, so the saying goes, and I'm sure he's running the Lakers, so the saying goes. But shit, if I was coaching him, he'd run things too. Right. <laughs> and get me a ring. Like, and look, Ty Lewis my boy. That's my dude. I've known Ty Lewis since he was a rookie in the NBA. Right. And I would always call say, yo, man, what's that coach coaching LeBron? It'll be like playing with Kobe and Shaq. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just some good shit, dog. Right. <laughs> it's like, like right, he, my bad. You I can go places go. with him. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you know, but, and, you know, big wise, I'll say this also. As you get older, you start to reflect on your life and you start to learn more things. And then he, he has kids. So he's got to deal with kids. He's obviously has a wife. But having kids around you makes you think a little bit differently. Yeah. And so you respect people more because now you have a better understanding of what they have gone through, what their life experiences have been like. 
and how you can have an influence on them and an impact on them. And I always like to say, for athletes, once they get to be about 30 years old, you start to see a dynamic shift in not only their skill set, but in the people that they become because they're learning more. They're out of that 20 age. And that can be said for anyone. When you're a teenager, man, we're wild, you're crazy, your hormones are out of this world. You're in your 20s, you're at every club, you're at a party. You get to be about 30 years old, you start thinking, hey, man, the future is, uh, I got to get this right. I mean, yeah. I won't yeah. be doing this very long. So I think he's learned that. And, you know, for me, it's just been amazing to be around him, to talk to him, to listen to him, to hear his voice, and just to get the, you know, idea that he respects what we do. It's a beautiful thing because so many guys don't. Yeah. So I, we want to... We want to um, not wrap, but, you know, I want to get back to, to Kobe for a second, just in, in the sense that I, I, I feel like people don't you, you people tend to put him in one or two boxes, like either he's this saint like figure or he's the devil incarnate. And I don't think anybody is that. I think we're all kind of complicated and twisted in our own way. Right. 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 But again, you were around him more than anybody. I mean, what would you say if somebody said, what was Kobe like? What would you tell them? No, from the time I met him at 17, when he played in the summer league at Long Beach state before they were always in Las Vegas up until his death, the word I would keep using with him is he was always evolving. And he continued to evolve and become a better person who learned, who listened, who helped. But the evolution of him was just amazing to see. I mean, dear, the last time I saw him was when they played the Dallas Mavericks. Right. And I was walking in the back area, going back to the press room, and I kind of see someone out of the corner of my eye with this little, well, this young lady, a young girl. And I get closer, and it's Kobe with Gianna. Mm. And he's bending over and looking at her and looking at me at the same time, kind of smiling. And he walks up, he goes, he goes, gee, see this dude right here? When he covered me, he never dressed this short. <laughs> I was like, Kobe, like, stop it. My face clean. You know I'm always mean when it comes to the thread. <laughs> you know, my, my fist is what's up, bro. Come on, man. So you start laughing, he goes, you right, B. And it was just that moment where I thought back to our conversations quite often were about clothes. Yeah. When it yeah. was about hoops and about wine. Yeah. And that was a moment that he obviously you don't forget because it was the last time I saw him. Mm. And it was just, and that was the new, different Kobe Bryant with his daughter sharing yeah. a lab with someone that had known him since he was 17 years old. Yeah. So my word is Kobe Bryant was always evolving. So very, very um, related to that, BT, like, you know, I moved to L.A. in 2017 from New York City, right? And there really is no example from my upbringing of a relationship between a city, a fan base, and an athlete, right? Like, maybe Derek Jeter, 
and the Yankee right. fans. Like maybe. And and I don't know that it's like that because I think the Nick, I think the Nets, excuse me, the Mets and Yankees dynamic in New York is a little bit more equal. Although obviously the Yankees are the Kings, then Lakers Clippers, like there's just no comparison whatsoever. So I don't even know that you can even compare it to that. But I, I say all of that to say, like, you know, coming to LA and understanding the devotion, the, the just emotion that Kobe was able to stir up within the people of the city and the fan base and the closeness to him. Like, what did, like, did Kobe have an appreciation for that? Like, did, did, like from what mm-hmm. you know, did Kobe understand what he meant and what he continues to mean to these people? Like, I know that's something hard for people to wrap their minds around, but it's so... It felt so intense being here, mm. um, understanding how people feel about Kobe. I wonder if Kobe had any grasp whatsoever on what that was. Big Wise, the answer to that question is yes. Mm. Last year, when LeBron was closing in on catching Kobe to be with the third all-time leading scorer, right. my coworker, Bill Plasky, called and goes, hey, man, do you know that I can get in contact with Kobe? I was like, here's the info. I mean, it's Plasky, and Kobe knows him. And Plasky just wrote some of us that conversation again where Kobe said to him something along the lines of, this city watched me grow up from a boy into a man and into a father. He goes, I can't, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically goes, I can't thank this city enough for accepting me and for loving me and embracing me I am, he's basically like how he's blown away how a city could take him in and still more or less love him the way they do. And he could be, he would be forever grateful for that. So yes, he understood that. He was prideful that people felt that way about him. He just, he couldn't, he couldn't really get over it. Like, man, you know, almost a why me? I mean, I'm not perfect by no means. I have flaws. I have my ups and my downs, but I keep working at this. I'll try to get better. But the city of Los Angeles, Southern California has accepted me. And for that, I will be forever grateful. So, yes, he did. He understood that. That's awesome. Man, that's great. That's great. BT, my man. We, man. Uh, we know, man, this has been great. And we're supposed to do the we're supposed to do the questions this week, but we'll wait till next week on that. I will try to work those in next week. This was too good. Um, man, thank you. Thank you for everything with this, man. It's been a tough week for all of us. I appreciate you hanging with us and breaking it down like you have. L.A. Times, Brad Turner, the man, anything about L.A., uh, the Clippers or the Lakers, you you need to read him first. Um, appreciate you, boy. Thank you. Love man. you. Man, D.A., appreciate you. Love you, brother. Big Wise, it's a pleasure, man. Yo, mm-hmm. appreciate you, man. We we need more of that crawfish energy on this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. The gumbo energy is different. <laughs> if D.A. calls, I'm jumping. There I you go. You. I love you. <laughs> man, well, that, man, appreciate all of y'all listening, and uh, we'll do it again. We, we got qu- we'll bring the questions next week. We'll carry them over, and we'll do a big segment on the questions. All right? No stupid questions. Everybody take care of yourself. <laughs> Later. All right. Peace, y'all. Thank you. All right. That was BT. great. BT. Thank you so much.